During this Lenten season, we're exploring the seven last words of Jesus, and it's a heavy topic, it's difficult, it's, it's a, a heavy place to be. And so I want to just walk you through a little bit of my thinking about, about this. Now, the first last words of Jesus were, Father, forgive them, they know what, not what they do. And so we think about the power of being in that place of suffering, of that broken heart, and being able to still present a word of forgiveness. Nothing that's worth doing can be achieved in our lifetime, therefore we must be saved by hope, Reinhold Niebuhr said. Nothing which is true or beautiful or good makes complete sense in any immediate context of history. Therefore, we must be saved by faith. Nothing we do, however virtuous, can be accomplished alone. Therefore, we must be saved by love. No virtuous act is quite as virtuous from the standpoint of our friend or our foe as it is from our own standpoint. Therefore, we must be saved by the final form of love, which is forgiveness, the subject of that beautiful song. The final form of love is forgiveness. Even in this suffering, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then, the second last words of the seven, I think Ariana spoke on last week, today I will be with you in paradise. Fillmore, the founder of this unity movement, Charles Fillmore said that uh, Jesus was there on this cross and on one side was another criminal and another criminal on this other side. And he says that they represented the past and the future. And Jesus looks at the future and says, Today I will be with you in paradise. Bringing the future into the holy, sacred moment. The here and the now. And so Ariana gave me the task of speaking on the third set of last words, when Jesus looks upon his beloved disciple and his mother, and he says to his mother, Mother, behold your son. And he looks at his beloved disciple, and he says, Behold your mother. We're really at the deep end of the pool here. We're deep into the human Jesus. No writer of the Gospels at this moment in time is going to talk about some kind of supernatural Jesus. We're in the blues and we're in sorrow and tears and grief and lament. This is a very real Jesus with a very real concern. What's going to happen to my mother? What's going to happen to my friends? Who among us hasn't considered such questions? If I'm not close by, what's going to happen to my mother? What's going to happen to my father if he has to go to an assisted living facility? Or what will happen to my son and my daughters? Who will tend them? How will they turn out? Who will love them? How will they grow? How will they develop? This is a very intimate, intimate, heartbreaking moment. I remember once being at Universalist National Memorial Church in D.C. on the edge of 
DuPont Circle, the old Gothic cathedral, and there was this woman, this music teacher, came over from the Duke Ellington School of the Arts and sang on Good Friday at noon. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? It was, it was, it was as if we were all there. And this is what we're doing now. We knew we were going to get to Easter Sunday. We knew we were going to get to hope. But we had to be in that Good Friday moment first where heaviness and heartbreak were part of the story. And then we had to get through the silence of Saturday. We're in the midst of Friday here. I asked my friend, the priest, Father Steve, yesterday. I was like, Father i got to preach on this. I don't know the first thing about this story. What am I going to say? Behold your mother. Behold your son. And he says, Roger. He's from Nigeria. Roger. I can't do his accent. He says, Roger, it's very clear. It's very clear. I'm like, I don't know what's clear about it, but okay. He says, it's very clear. Jesus in this moment is letting all of us know through the apostles that Mary is the mother of all of us. I affirm that feminine image of the divine very much. But I still don't know if it's all that clear. You know, we've got 2,000 years of knowing this story, of knowing that this death happens, but the message lives on. That this death happens, but resurrection occurs. We skip over some astonishing things. We domesticate the story. We make it manageable. But this is a really amazing story. In this moment of intimacy and heartbreak and death... Jesus is still reaching out. And he's still giving us a message. I say the very essence of his message. You think you're separate. You think you are my disciple and you think you are my mother and the two of you may be connected in some ways, but you are family. You are one. You are, in essence, unified. You are unity. Take care of one another. We are all, no matter what, belonging to one another. This is why Jesus was always saying stories about, to the, to the, to the extent you did it to the least of these, you've done it to me. You think I'm separate from the least of these, but we are one. You visit them in jail, you're visiting me. You feed them, you're feeding me. There is no distinction to be made. We belong to each other. Unity is the great theme of his teachings. And Paul understood this, right? Paul gets this in profound ways when he writes, he says, um, We're all interconnected. We all belong to each other. We are all one body. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with all of us. 
We are all baptized in one spirit, the spirit of unity, whether Jew, Gentile, slave, free, rich, poor, liberal, conservative, black, white, gay, straight. We're all given one spirit to drink from. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, then where are we? And even if it were to say that, it would not still, for any reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong, it's still a part of the body. No matter what we do, we are part of the body. We are part of this interconnected whole. We belong to each other. A community really equals love. And this is what Jesus is saying. Behold your son, behold your mother, take care of one another and be grounded in love. Love one another. Live in community. Have a community of love. Let God dwell right here among you. God is experientially present, made whole and manifested in our acts of compassion and kindness. And we are aware that God is always with us. This experience of the nearness and closeness of God. If we love, if we love in community and make love a part of our community, God is with us. The presence of love to one another goes with the presence of God to oneself. It is in community that this presence realizes itself through our love. So Jesus, in this profound moment of intimacy, is saying, love one another. Love one another. If you love one another, God is with you. So, this idea that Jesus says, Mother, behold your son. Beloved disciple, behold your mother. In this moment, as one of the last seven words, Jesus is teaching us the very essence of Jesus' ministry. But the one that I think captures it in our own context, in our own moment in time, the person who realizes this interrelationship, this interconnectedness, that we're all together, is the Buddhist Thich Nhat Hanh. I know you're familiar with Thich Nhat Hanh. He's from Vietnam, and he has, he has been just one of the leading um, advocates for engaged Buddhism. And he has taught so many people in the West about engaged Buddhism. And he says this about this whole idea that we are, in our essence, about the work of unity. He says, you will see clearly that there is a cloud floating in this sheet of paper. Without a cloud, there's no rain. Without rain, the trees cannot grow. Without trees, we can't make paper. The cloud is essential for the paper to exist. If the cloud's not there, the sheet of paper can't be there either. 
So we can say that the cloud and the paper enter our. Enter being is a word that's not in the dictionary yet, he says. But if we combine the prefix enter with the verb to be, we have a new verb, enter be. Without a cloud, we can't have paper. So we can say that the cloud and the sheet of paper enter are. If we look into the sheet of paper even more deeply, we can see the sunshine in it. If the sunshine's not there, the forest can't grow. In fact, nothing can grow. Even we cannot grow without sunshine. And so we know that the sunshine is also in this sheet of paper. And if we continue to look, if we continue to look into this sheet of paper, we can see the logger who cut the tree and brought it to the mill to be transformed into paper. And we can see the wheat. We know that the logger can't exist without his daily bread. And therefore the wheat that became his bread is also in this sheet of paper. And the logger's father and mother are in it too. Jesus on that cross, when he said, Behold your mother, was saying the same thing. In each of us is one another. We are made for relationship. We are made for community. Our spirituality, our identity, and our sense of commitment. Our spirituality, our identity, and our, our sense of commitment are tied up in community where we can find a safe place to bring our whole selves. This is what Jesus is talking about. And when we can take care of one another and see the divine in one another, then we are following in this great teacher's footsteps. We can see without the cloud, without the tree, without the logger, without the wheat, without the bread, this paper never exists. All life is interrelated. All men are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly, affects all directly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be, and you can never be what you ought to be until what I am, until I am what I ought to be. The sense of community, the sense of interrelationship, interrelatedness. This is what I see when I see Jesus on the cross saying, Mother, behold your son. Beloved disciple, behold your mother. We are in this together. We are caught in this together. And we are all bound up, one with the other. Martin Luther King wanted us to see the kind of love that we're talking about here. The kind of love that we're talking about here is agape love. Agape love. This idea of the love of God operating in the human heart. It is a love in which the individual moves beyond his own self-concern, her own self-concern, and is more concerned with the good of the neighbor. We don't begin by discriminating between unworthy and worthy people. 
or any labels they might possess. It begins by loving others for the sake of the other. Recognizing that when we meet the other in all their frailty and in all their strength and we see in them the divine, we behold our mother, we behold our father, we behold our children in a network of mutuality and love.